crazy, crazy. Uh, I mean, I see people like punching walls and, and it's just weird. Like it's not, it's just stuff that like never occurs to me, but it's all this crazy, like, like crazy, like drinking and, and breaking stuff and, and punching walls and driving fast cars. And it's weird. It's like a weird whole different world that I've never seen. <laughs> But it's cool. I, I like it a lot. And tattoos and big biceps, and I'm with it. I'm with it. It's cool. What What are the punching walls about? Is that like out of I have anger? The, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Oh. I, don't, I don't know where people get the urge to to break stuff or punch walls. But there's a wall in our apartment building that's pretty damaged because people have punched it quite a bit. <laughs> and uh, it's just it's beyond me, dude. Like I don't. It, I, that, that certainly I don't think that's cool. But <laughs> someone thinks it's someone thinks it's it's manly to punch a wall, and or is that the is that like the stress relief corner of the of the <laughs> yeah, apartment dude. complex? Like yeah, like the insulation's falling out of the wall. That's <laughs> so funny. Maybe somebody should just like go grab a, a punching bag, exactly. hang it from the seat from the from the foundation, and people be like, oh, that makes more sense, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. No, it's it's wild stuff, dude. Taking out the mass podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you've joined us. Today's guest is Zev Grossman. He's a sophomore at Montana State University. Uh, and Zev and I met when he was in high school. I went to the school in Marin County to do a talk after uh, the district had shown the documentary "The Mask You Live In." Students at schools in that area had made masks, and we learned a lot from those students making those masks in the wellness centers and in the counseling offices. They were all anonymous. But one of the things that happened that night when we did the activity with the parents, and there were parents there, there were students there, uh, we took them through the mask movement as well. Um, after we showed the video of masks from around the world, after we showed some selected masks from students in that community, one parent raised their hand. And I don't remember the question, but I know the question was off topic. <laughs> and more of the question was more of a, a challenge of some word I had used. Maybe I used the word people choose to wear a mask and he didn't like that statement. Now, sadly, some of the masks that we showed the parents of students in their district and their community were students who were saying, I've been thinking about suicide. I've been thinking about hurting myself. I've been depressed and sad and anxious and and I was more shocked that after showing him masks from his own community of the age of his own child that was sitting at the table with him, that his only response was to try and verb check me on a word that I had used in the talk. And I remember having to like catch myself, <laughs> take a breath. And I said, I said some words after that that were more of me directed to the community. And I said, if you care more about checking me on some word I use than to really letting yourself feel the fact that students in your community are feeling lonely and alone and isolated, feeling like they are left out, that they want to hurt themselves, then there's something that you may want to do some thinking about. Because college means nothing if your life is cut short. As we continue to hear over and over again, you know, just recently, um, Regina King, uh, actress, uh, award-winning actress, um, her son 
26 years old, committed suicide two days after his birthday. Not that a birthday means anything, but birthdays are days to celebrate. And what we know over and over again is sometimes in silence people are suffering. And what we're trying to do with these masks is really help people recognize that they're not alone. And you're going to hear Zev talk about sometimes the battle between trying to be himself, being vulnerable, opening up in a world where oftentimes doesn't respect it or accept it. But that he's decided that I am going to be myself. Even if that means I have less friends, even if that means that I'm going to have less connections. I don't know that that's a tough call sometimes, but I'm really proud of this conversation. I'm really proud to have watched him along his journey from high school now in college and in college in a whole different part of the country than here that we live in the Bay Area. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you or anyone you know has been um, dealing or feeling or thinking about suicide, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255. Please call someone, talk to someone. Um, You're not alone. Oftentimes we feel that no one else is feeling what we're going through because everyone else has really good crafted masks. What I'm hoping we can do with this movement is begin to find ways of people finding a, a person, someone, or at least through this movement to share so they can recognize that there's other people also who are going through similar things. That's what we're hoping for. As our work is growing, we invite you, if you have not made a mask, you can go do that anonymously at 100kmasks.com. And I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you know a young person in college, in high school, who you think, or anyone around the world who can benefit from this conversation, please share it with them. We hope that these conversations will help more young men and men and boys realize that we do feel we're human. And the more we can accept that and realize that, the more I think that we can create a world where people feel less alone. Thank you for being a part of this movement with us. Please like, subscribe, share, help us get the word out about this work. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Welcome to the Taking Off the Mask podcast. My name is Ashanti Branch, and I'm really glad you've joined us. Today's guest is Zev Grossman. Zev and I met when he was in high school, uh, right here in the Bay Area. Um, I got invited to a a parent night where they were showing the documentary, The Mask You Live In. And uh, he was there with his um, his mom and uh, we got to meet. And after that, like we have been connected ever since then. And it's been such a really great connection. And I'm really excited that he's here. He's going to tell you a little bit about what he's doing now, what he's up to. Uh, Zev, welcome to the show. Thank you, Shanti. Yeah, yeah, we met. When I was in high school, I think I first saw you at a, a screening of the movie. Um, and then I attended one of your workshops um, locally. And I mean, like you said, we've been connected ever since. And it's it's amazing. I'm really I'm really proud to have been connected with you and to have um, kind of kept up this relationship. And, you know, we worked a lot together um, as I finished up high school. I'm a sophomore in college now. Um, I go to school in Bozeman, Montana. I'm studying philosophy. Um, and, uh, it's really, it, it surprisingly overlaps a lot with, I think a lot of the work that ever forward does, and it helps me manage emotions and stuff like that. Um, 
and I'm, I'm really grateful just to um, have, have been a kind of a part of this whole movement um, and to learn about this, this whole, this, this whole thing. <laughs> it means a lot to me. It's really, it's really kind of my lane. It's really what I'm into. Um, and that's where I'm at right now. So I'm really glad to be here for sure. Man. You know, one of the things um, as you, as a college student, you know, I, I, I sometimes miss college. I miss the the social part of college. I don't necessarily miss all of the, the hard work and classwork and studying all night, but the social part of college, I do sometimes miss. And so how, how, before we jump into our masks, how is college going? How is your, you, you, if you're a sophomore, that means your freshman year was a little bit interesting, right? So how, yeah. how's, how's college going for you this, this sophomore year? Yeah, dude. Um, my, my freshman year was actually pretty normal. It was pretty good. I lived in the dorms, um, got a pretty decent social experience, I think, compared to a lot of people I know how to do it online. Um, it was good. I think, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely tough. I mean, the social stuff's really fun. It's a big step out of my comfort zone. I was pretty shy, pretty reserved and introverted in high school. And so to be thrown into a dorm and just plunged into like nonstop people around me sleeping one foot away from someone, just, you know, communal bathroom. It's like, it's, it's like, Whoa, what's going on? But it's really good. Um, for it's helped me grow a lot. Um, it's a, I mean, like I said, a big step out of my comfort zone. Um, and I think they're going a little, you know, a little smoother now. I think the COVID's still there, but I don't think people care as much, which is for better or for worse. But um, yeah, I have an apartment now. I live with three roommates. Um, it's it's wild. It's, it's really intense. I'm not a wild person at all. I don't I don't really party or anything. I, I focus more on on school. But um, it's there, dude. It's like it's in your face. <laughs> like it's it's in your face, you know. Um, but uh, college is good, dude. Like school, school as well. Semester went great. I got, I got one B plus, which sucks, but I got A's and everything else, so I'm, I'm happy. Nice. Yeah. Congratulations, man. Congratulations. Thank you, dude. Yeah. Right um, and uh, it's good, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it for sure. I think I'm trying to make the most of it. Just living, you know, one heartbeat at a time. So. That's mm, all we can do. Yeah, that's the all best way do. to go about it. You know, I wonder, like, maybe after we make these masks, we'll 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 talk about this, like, in, in the context of college and in the context of of youth, right? Like, you know, young men your age, what do you notice around you? And so maybe we'll start with our own mask before we start thinking about what we see around us. But maybe it's a, a really, I think, a powerful question for us to think about is like, how are you seeing masks show up in Montana, right? Like we've right. never yet, we haven't been to Montana yet to do this work yet. I mean, we have people from Montana who have participated, but what do you see in terms of peers, you know, professors, you know, around masks? And I think it would be great to have your perspective on that. So maybe we'll start with our masks first, and then maybe we'll dive into what that feels like and looks like around you. Because I think it's one thing to not be aware that people are wearing these masks. I think it's not a hard concept but i think right. people just get they, they get you know they just get blinded by what's in front of them exactly but now but the fact that you know about this and you see it and you can probably oh <laughs> uh and not that we we judge and i don't judge people but you can almost imagine that there's more going on than what you can see yeah like in any, yeah. any particular situation what's happening there's more going on than what somebody's saying and there may be going on more going on than what i can observe from what somebody's doing you know yeah exactly yeah that's yeah for sure. Okay. Well, so since you're the guest, you get to decide who goes first. Okay. So I mean, I'm, I'm happy to go first. All right. I, um, 
And so we'll, you, you'll do the front first. So cover up the back. Cover uh, up the back. Oh, we'll do I the see. front first, and then we'll do the back. Now, if you want to do front and back all together, we can do that too. That's that's, a, that's up to you. No, I'll, sure, I'll sure. start. I got the front all ready okay. to go. All right. Fantastic. So there's the front of the mask. Um, it says has all sorts of crazy hair like I do. Um, <laughs> it says uh, kindness, um, wisdom, and funny. Um, mm. That's how I present. That's that's what I hear a lot from people. Um, very kind. A lot of people tell me I'm very wise. I have a lot of kind of sage advice, um, and I'm hilarious apparently, which I love. <laughs> I'm really I'm really glad to make people laugh. Um, and that's 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 usually how I present. That's that that never doesn't doesn't fail me in any any situation. I think if I leave if I lead with kindness, if I leave with lead with with heart and and compassion, you know, no one's gonna you know. I mean, some people are not going to like it, but that's their loss. So, um, yeah, and and funny is killer quality, and I think I'm wise. So I've been told. I don't. I, it's probably not not great to say that. Oh, I'm so smart and so wise, but but um, yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I've been around the block in certain ways, and I have certain things to say. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, in the back of my mask, oh, I didn't. Oh, oh, so do you want? Is that, do you, let me ask you this. <clears throat> so we have an option of you. So keep going, keep going, go, go with. Oh, it. Go okay, with okay. It. Um, back of my mask, it says lonely, insecure, and uncertain. And those are things that I feel a lot. Um, I felt that for a while. I've been, I think, deep down, pretty lonely for a long time. Um which, you know, I can deal with, like, I, you know, I find ways to deal with it here and there, but sometimes at the end of the day, I'll, I'll come back and I'll just feel, I'll feel sad and I'll feel alone. I just want to have someone I can talk to and be close with. And there's, I don't have a lot of that. And I had that in high school a little bit um, and it sort of drifted and I kind of lost it. Um, college is, has been harder. I think I have a lot of friends, like I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends, but I don't have a lot of like close, close, like deep, like true friends. Um, and I mean, insecure, I'm insecure about certain things. I, I feel pretty good in general, but I mean, I'm really, really, you know, I, I'm, I'm thin and I feel insecure about my weight and my appearance in a lot of ways. Um, and sometimes I don't do as well as I would like in classes, um, which is, you know, it's, it's just personal, personal stuff to deal with. Um, and there's, there's ways to heal around that, obviously. Um, and the last one I wrote down was uncertain. Um, Cause I am very uncertain. I have been for a long time. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do when I, when I graduate college, what I'm going to do with a degree in philosophy. And, you know, when I hear all my peers and stuff talking about the jobs they're going to get and all their internships and how much money they're going to make and stuff, it just, it, it, you know, it plunges me into a kind of a pool of a pool of fog. Cause I don't, I don't know what's up. Like I'm not, I'm going to be just kind of treading water and trying to stay afloat. So I'm very, uncertain i don't i don't know if uncertain is a, a, a bad feature necessarily but it's definitely something i try to hide um and i definitely throw up kind of an aura of like i got this i'm confident i know what's going down um but you know I, I try not to let the comments get to me but they do sometimes and when someone says like oh what are you gonna do with your degree and obviously i don't i don't want to answer i don't know but sometimes that's the only thing i think can think to say so yeah. that's where i'm at but overall i feel good so yeah, and, I think, and, th and thank you for that, man. First of all, thank of you for thanks for going first, and thank you for 
you know, sharing both the front and the back at the same time. I think uh, we, 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 we let the guests kind of lead how we're going to do this. And um, I'll go next and then maybe we'll have a conversation about some of those things. And I, and I really appreciate it. Um, so, and, and a lot of them resonate, you know, a lot of them resonate. I think uh, <laughs> you mentioned the, the kind of not really talking about the, the feeling thin and I, I don't, I, I'm clearly that I'm not thin. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been yeah. thin. I, I think I was born thick and husky, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so it's like, I've always been thinking about like the, the opposite in that way. And so right. I, I feel you in that feeling like, man, I want to, I want to be less. <laughs> yeah. I want to have less mass that I'm having. Sure. And so I appreciate you for sharing that. And that means a lot, brother. So let, let me share mine and then, um, and we'll see where where we're going to go next. Yeah. Right on. Right on. All right. So the front, um, here is my mask. And on the front I wrote, this is my mask for today. This is, I've been, yeah, that one's standing out to me for some reason. I'm not sure what I'm drawing, but, uh, I wrote serious, uh, dedicated and passionate. And, I think the one that stands out to me right now, I think um, there's, there's this definition of the word passionate that I just learned about maybe in the last month. I mean, I think if you asked me what passionate meant a year ago, I'd be like, yeah, it means you're fired up and you're going after something and you want it. Mm-hmm. But when I actually looked up the, the root, like the etymology of the word passionate, the word passionate means to suffer, you know? Wow. Wow. Like it, it means to suffer and it means pain, right? It, like to, to do something that you're passionate about oftentimes means to push through suffering and pain sure but on the other side of it is this overwhelming sense of joy and and fulfillment wow but not without the pain and so it's really interesting that mm-hmm. i've never known that and ever since i learned about that it's been really like a thing like so when you want to live out your passion if you want to just live a job that was going to make you a lot of money maybe you could go do that right but if mm-hmm. you want to live a job that you're going to feel like fulfilled by um, lots of people will tell you that it's probably not likely that you're going to do the thing that you really want to be doing and find the the thing that brings wealth and, gen- and mm-hmm. generation, right? Because mm-hmm. now some people who love music, I love doing music, but you just hear a lot of musicians talk about how they get so tired of the business of music, right? Right. They love music, but how they get so wiped out by the business, the the pop, the, pop, the, the the fame, the fortune, and all that, but they love music. Right, and so I think like right. when you think about passionate, like they're passionate about music, so they have to so they have to sacrifice through all the stuff they don't like. Wow, to to find the stuff they actually do, you know. I think uh, right. I, I was listening. I don't know. So that's that's what's coming up for me right now. I'll, yeah, that's I'll, beautiful. I'll, I'll that's amazing. It's, it's really interesting, right? I think. Yeah. Um, I was listening to Adele when she had her live uh, her live show, and she talked about like how in between records she doesn't work. Wow. Right. So she doesn't work. She she just has a life. She said, like, I don't want to be I don't want to be on the stage and want to be in the stuff. I don't want to be. And it was like really interesting to hear her talk about that. Right. She's an amazing artist. She's an amazing musician. She can mm-hmm. she's an amazing writer. But but even like to know that, oh, that's that's what that is, that passion to doing the work, but not wanting to be in stuck in the business of it, because that's the pain and suffering for a lot of people, you know. Right. Yeah. Right. Anyway, wow. that's and, and I feel that sometimes in this nonprofit work, right? Mm-hmm. I'm super passionate about it, but there's there's a sacrifice. There's a sacrifice to taking the job that, like, if I was going to get a job for some corporate company, I could make 
I can make six figures right. really, really quickly. I've, I've, I've never made six figures. You know what I'm saying? Sure. But I've been doing this for what 18 years, and I've been doing this passionate work for a lot. And um, but I think like, huh? Do I need six figures? I don't know. If that's a need, but I think it's a desire to be like. It feels like a, it feels like a badge of honor, right? Sure. For my own self, not to anybody. Not that I need to tell anybody else, but for my own self. So yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Okay. We'll stop there. Uh, I'm gonna do the back. The back. Um, and then the back is the things I don't usually let people see or don't talk about much. Um, fear of failure, anger, and family stuff. <laughs> and I and I think about the one I think I want to talk about. I talk about fear of failure often on the show, but I think anger is one that I don't usually write. I think it may be the first time I've ever written anger. And I think when I think about not dealing with anger. I think I'm, or not talking much about it. I, I mean, I'm a human. I get angry, but I think I'm like I overcompensate by not trying to deal with it. So I try and I process it in you know, other ways. But I'm like, I think maybe sometimes I'm I'm, wor- I'm I'm nervous about my own level of anger, like how angry I could get, right? Right. And, and so like having the right spaces to do that, you know, to be able to know I, there's a place where I can go and process anger in a healthy way. Where I can go and know that anger is necessary for us, right? It's, it's giving us a warning about something that we're not that doesn't feel good to us. It doesn't satisfy us. It doesn't does not feel just to us. Um, but I don't talk much about it, and I definitely um, I go. You know, I have, I have a team of men that I go to, and I deal. You know, talk about stuff there where I can like process it. But like in the moment when something is making me a little angry, I just like I put on a smile, I put on a good mask, and I'm like. Well, and I figure out how to talk about it in a in a as much of a calm way as possible, even though sometimes inside what's happening is 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 boiling, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. So wow. Yeah. And then I say family stuff is is one that, you know, is still kind of like all these layers of family stuff that I think about. Sometimes I talk about my brother, talk about my mom, I talk about missing my nephews that I want to see a lot, but I don't get to see them because they live in LA. Um, uh-huh. but just all of that stuff. So those are the things that have, uh, that stand out to me today. Wow. This mask. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, man. I would thank you. <laughs> you. You went first. You went first. I did. So, yeah. Um, I think about the uncertainty part. I want to, I want to maybe circle back to that. Is there, is there anything in particular that where you feel that we should go next? I, I think when I'm really curious about the uncertainty because I think I feel, I think in my fear of failure, yeah, is, is rooted in a sense of uncertainty about right. the future, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's good, dude. I think, I think a lot, like, I think uncertainty is common for sure. And I think especially now there's, it's just like, everything feels so chaotic. It's like, how can I possibly like, know it? like, I don't even know if I'm going to be in school next semester, right? Like for all we know, there could be a huge COVID breakout and things could just go downhill. Right. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a lot of uncertainty and that's kind of something that I'm learning to live with. And in a lot of ways I have certainty because I know that I have parents who can support me and worst case scenario, I have a, a bed in the, in the basement that I can sleep in um, and the hot food and, and whatever. But um, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely a big feeling and it's very, it's very, it's very prevalent, I think. Um, and yeah, I just, 
I, I'm still I'm still a sophomore in college. Like I still I, I just finished my third semester, so I have five more semesters to go. But it it definitely creeps up. It sneaks up on me. Um, and it's not I don't it's you know it's and I mean I talk to my dad about this all the time, and he says he's still kind of uncertain about stuff, and he's still you know I mean he still works, and he doesn't he doesn't know what he wants to do still, and he he puts he puts effort into playing music and mountain biking and whatever and and trying to do fulfilling things but i think i think to some degree uncertainty a little bit of uncertainty can be healthy and it it kind of keeps that drive and that motivation you gotta i gotta you know i gotta figure it out and i I gotta do something because i can't i can't just sit here and 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 wallow around and and crawl on the floor so yeah in a way it can be it can be helpful and a certain degree of it can be good but yeah it's it's big, dude. Like there's a lot, a lot of uncertainty and I, I feel it around me too. And I think, I think a lot of people are uncertain about a lot of things. Um, and like, you know, sometimes, sometimes I'll meet someone who's just, who's just very like, they got it figured out and like, they know what they're going to, like they have, they want to like start an ice cream shop and they're studying business administration and they're going to graduate and move to wherever and buy an ice cream shop and just, and just do it. And they got it figured out. And and sometimes I'm, sometimes I wish I had that, but I don't. Mm. And so I'm, I'm, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely there. Um, it's something I'm working on, but I feel it a lot and it, it hits me hard in, in a lot of ways. Um, and it, it, sometimes it just sucks. Like that's the only way I can put it. It just sucks. Like I, I just want to know, like, I just wish I knew, but I don't, mm. I don't, I don't know what I don't know. So. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, you're a sophomore in college. I think this is a great time not to know. I don't think you, I wonder, I wonder if it, it let me, let me ask you this. The uncertainty, does it cause you stress? Yeah, or? it is. I mean, it's, 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 it's definitely, I try not to stress about it too much because yeah. I have, you know, I have my schoolwork and my assignments that's due on Friday or whatever that that's worthy of stress. And I think thinking about what I'm going to do in two and a half years after I graduate it's like, it's not, I, I don't need to give that much of myself to it. Cause it's just a waste of time. Um, and, and I think, I think deep down, I think, I think most of the other college students are also just, just as uncertain and just confused as I am, but it certainly does not feel like that. It feels like I'm the only one who doesn't have it figured out and everyone else knows what's going on. But I, I think secretly, I think secretly everyone else is, we're just all confused together. So or maybe, I don't know. Or, well, I think a perfect, perfect alignment to this the first question I talked about earlier, like what you see on college campuses in terms of masks, right? Like, if, yeah. And I wonder if the pressure to have to know what's next causes people to have to act like they know what's next, and then right. for yourself to be feeling like, no, I don't really know what's next, but people do, and so maybe I'm trying to like, I, I, I want to also maybe it's everyone is just masking up as well right yeah yeah I mean, it's it's a i mean I, it's definitely a mask i saw a lot of in high school i think because growing up in marin like it's a very i mean kids were yeah their parents kind of laid it out for them so their kid you know the kids knew what they were going to do they knew where they were going to go to school they knew what classes they were going to take what job they have and then i mean this is common right and then we see it and then people burn out by the time they're 40 and they just you know have a crisis and don't know what's going on um but I, yeah, it's definitely there in college. Maybe not not so much in Montana. I think a lot of people. I think that's definitely a common mask, like the people I hang out with. But I think that's also just. Um, I definitely think there's different masks that people throw up in Montana. Also, there's a very it's a, there's a very like hyper 
hyper masculine. Like dudes will walk around wearing like not vegan t-shirts and they got their big belt buckles and their cowboy hats. Um, and uh, it's definitely a, a very like different type of, of masculinity than I grew up with, which is really cool. It's like very eye-opening and it's a very cool college experience that I think um, I, I'm very glad to, to have because um, it's different than going to like UCLA or wherever, but um, it's definitely, it's intimidating for sure. These huge like hunting dudes with their monster trucks, just kind of like, I'm a man, like I know what's going on. I'm going to raise a family and go work as an engineer or whatever. And I'm, I'm like, whoa, like <laughs> I'm 150 pounds, like don't hurt me. So yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> how, 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 man, that's actually really interesting. Cause I think how, you you just spoke about it, a lot of like the big trucks and the hunters and whatever. Yeah. What are other, what are other things you notice in terms of what you see? I mean, maybe it's just observations, right? Like, imagine like the the rules of what it means to be a man in college may be different than when you become thirty five and you're supposed to be settled down by now, right? In college, right. There's, there's other rules of what it means to be a real man. Is there are there certain unwritten rules that you see? Yeah. Among college students. Yeah. I think, um, well, I think what's so interesting about, about, about your movement is that, I mean, in the past like two years, we've now had like this actual, we have to physically wear face masks now, um, which just adds a whole nother like layer of complexity to the wearing a mask. Um, what, I mean, there is on, on campus, we have a mask mandate, but a lot of these, you know, big, you know, cowboy, yeehaw dudes actually won't wear their face masks as a form of like you know i'm it, and in a way i think that's a a mask of itself refusing to <laughs> refusing to oblige by the i think i think i think mask mandates are great i think it's important on a lecture hall full of like 300 people absolutely um so i mean yeah i'll see people absolutely like not wearing their masks um and just you know all sorts of crazy crazy uh I mean, I see people like punching walls and, and it's just weird. Like, it's not, it's just stuff that like never occurs to me, but it's all this crazy, like, like crazy, like drinking and, and breaking stuff and, and punching walls and driving fast cars. And it's weird. It's like a weird, whole different world that I've never seen, <laughs> but it's cool. <laughs> I, I like it a lot and tattoos and big biceps and I'm with it. I'm with it. It's cool. What What are the punching walls about? Is that like out of I anger? Have no, I, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Oh. I, don't, I don't know where people get the urge to, to break stuff or punch walls, but there's a wall in our apartment building that's pretty damaged because people have punched it quite a bit. <laughs> and uh, it's just, it's beyond me, dude. Like, I don't, it, I, that, that certainly, I don't think that's cool. But <laughs> so someone thinks it's, someone thinks it's, it's manly to punch a wall. And, or is that the is that like the stress relief corner of the of the yeah, apartment dude. complex? Like, yeah, like the insulation's falling out of the wall. That's so funny. Maybe somebody should just like go grab a, a punching bag, exactly. and hang it from the seat from the from the foundation, and people be like, "Oh, that makes more sense, right?" Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. No, it's it's wild stuff, dude. But um, yeah, I, I definitely think, at least in terms of the people I surround myself with, the biggest mask is definitely like. Um, I, like I'm, I'm qualified. I, I have, you know, I have job prospects. I know what my plans are when I graduate. Um, and I'm going to do this and this, and then I, I don't, you know, I definitely think that's the biggest mask. And especially when I was a freshman, like in the dorm, that's what 
that's what I think most people were doing. And I also think it's different with, with men and women for sure. Um, but I think, I mean, I I definitely think the guys are a lot more, a lot more, uh, are are still struggling to figure out who they are a lot more so than the women that I know. Um, but that just could be me personally. How, how have you, have you found it like easy to like, find people um i think you say you have a lot of friends but you it's like more difficult to have like deep deep friendships is that do you think that's because of do you think there's something around like being able to just go past the surface stuff do you think there's something in there about who are the people who are willing to like take a let's take a leap and go go a little deeper about who they really are as opposed to kind of the the surface it do you think that has something to do with why you haven't made, maybe made some of those connections and deeper? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I think, I think that's a, that's a barrier everywhere within every connection. Um, it's definitely, it's definitely stronger in college than it, than it was in high school. Um, I think, yeah, it's absolutely harder to find people who want to be, you know, who just want to, who want to, who are able to be real and be vulnerable. And like, I get that. That's, that's really, really hard. And I mean, especially if you're from Montana, like that's, some of my roommates, like that would, they would, that's like the last thing they would do like ever, um, which I get and like, no, you know, you do you like whatever, but absolutely. It's hard to find people. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm definitely finding, I'm able to find some people like that, like in my program. Um, and I, I connect really well with, with students who are a couple years older. You know, I have a lot of friends who are 21, 22, whatever. And they kind of just have a few more years under their belt. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's definitely like, it, it's, it can be like intimidating because I, I try to present very just open and I'm, I'm very kind of openly vulnerable and it can be weird for someone to, to hear, like, like if, you know, if I say like, Hey, that hurt my feelings. Someone's like, Oh, what? Like, what, what are you talking about? Um, and so, yeah, it can be a turnoff for sure. But I don't, you know, I, the biggest thing I have to remind myself is to not push people away because you know, I gotta, I gotta take what I can get, you know, cause I can either, I can either just like, no, I really want just like true, like deep friends and then end up with no one, or I can have a few, you know, superficial friendships and then have close friend from home and stuff like that. So, yeah, but yeah, it's definitely a challenge. I think that's super powerful. I think, that, thank you for saying that. I think you talked about that being able to be really open and honest with people and sometimes people can't handle it, you know? Mm-hmm. They, they can't handle they can't they can't and so they're like whoa i remember the first time i heard an adult say that hurts my feelings i was in line at a club and the bouncer said to one of the cu- customers hey man that, that hurt my feelings wow and i was like i was almost no no i wasn't in line i was working there that's what i was working <laughs> at this club i was a host i was on the inside and one of the doormen said to one of the guests, hey, that hurt my feelings. And I was like, did he just say that hurt my feelings? And I think it was before I was doing any of this work, like, externally. But right. I, I, but it felt really like, that's pretty courageous. To Yeah. It's pretty courageous. I, I don't even think I could, I think anytime I hurt my feelings, I just turn it into anger and be like, who are you talking to? Or something like that, right? Like, even if it did hurt my feelings, I don't think I would let myself even express it. And it really is something I'll never forget. I'll never forget the moment of like having a double take, like, and this is the bouncer, right? This is the, the bouncer at a club right, and like, at the front door. Right. Yeah. Like to, and that was really, it was, it was actually beautiful. 
in the moment it was shocking. And so I think like sometimes I think some maybe the person you ever you said that to, I think it will stick with them probably for a long time. They may be shocked by it. They may be even confused by it because they never heard it. But I think right. imagine if, if more people were more honest about what they felt instead of like turning it into rage. Like you mm-hmm. hurt my feelings, but I can't show off that my feelings are hurt, but I can show anger. So now I go and want to fight you. But actually, deep down, I'm just feeling hurt. Right. And what if more people could be more honest about how they felt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's really. Yeah, it, it's absolutely really powerful. I did freshman year. I I, I hurt one of my friend's feelings um, and he was he just he gave me the silent treatment for like a month and a half. He just would not talk to me at all. And it was horrible. Like silent treatments. If you want to make someone really mad, just like make him feel completely isolated. It's horrible. Um, and I'm I'm really glad that he and I were able to to kind of like reconcile and 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 now we're we're roommates and like we're we're friends again or whatever. But um, yeah, it's definitely like people, you know, have different approaches to anger and to having their feelings hurt. Um, and I'm definitely, you know, I'm definitely used to more of a, a the way I grew up, it was definitely more like, like, Hey, that hurt my feelings. Like, let's talk about it and work it out or whatever. But, you know, I mean, now it's a bunch of, you know, adolescents living on their own. And so it's a lot easier just to, I think, use different approaches. Cause yeah, I think it's hard for men to sit down and their other things. But I mean, at the same time, I've also had, you know, I've also talked to, you know, sometimes I'll say something that hurts like a, a girl's feelings and, and she'll say like, Hey, that hurt my feelings. Like that didn't make me feel very good. And, it's just different kind of different um, people go about it different ways, I think, but yeah. it's very eye opening. And I have to remember, like, I can't, you know, it's, I can't like change the fact that like I'm vulnerable and the fact that I'm open, like, you know, as much as I want to like act all tough and stuff, I just, and throw up like more masks. I just, I can't. And so even if it's, you know, even if, even if me being like more sensitive and, and, and more, uh, like just like soft is preventing me from maybe making some connections, whether they be, you know, deep connections or, or just kind of service connections. It's, it's more important to me just to, to kind of be who I am than it is to change who I am for other people, I think. So mm. yeah, I kind of just go with the flow. And I think that's actually, that's really interesting too. You know, I think when, when I think about like when now I talk to people about, feelings or whatever i think sometimes you know you see people have different reactions to them i think especially for men who don't talk about feelings a lot they're like um i remember some guy at costco who was trying to sell me some (laughs) some vibration machine he was like (laughs) he was like uh he said i told him he somehow we got he was trying to do small talk right and he said so what do you do i said i run a mentoring program for young men you know he said oh like uh he said something. I said, no, like, you know, so, social emotional support. And he was like, oh, don't tell me you're going to talk about some toxic masculinity stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> well, actually, I, I didn't use that term. And I don't I don't use that term. But I realized that he had already had this judgment about, like, what that meant. Right. And I think what I felt, what wow. I, I, I felt the moment of, like, how, how deep do I want to go in this conversation with some salesman at Costco? And wow. I was like, I don't. I'm trying to let me just sometimes I just have to like add a little flavor to the water just to say, well, you know, I I think that ultimately if there's certain things that men do that are not healthy, but I don't think I I would use the word toxic. Right. But but I would say if you if you don't like that word, maybe you just define it something else. But you do know that there are a lot of men in jail. You know that (laughs) he was like, 
he's he's from Hollywood. He's been in movies. He was like, and I think you know he's seen it. He's seen it in in his profession, right? But I think how willing are we have to have these hard conversations sometimes? Right. It's so important for us to like, oh, where am I pushing back against these kind of topics, and where am I? And so the fact that you're willing to have them, and I think that some people are maybe not ready, and some people are. It may not be just their time. I think, you know, I mean, maybe every at some point people are going to get to a place where they realize that um, everyone doesn't see the world the way they do. Right. And and that's OK. You right. know, we, we, we shouldn't necessarily. But we can also be also be in a way of saying, man, I'm so glad that you have um, that you're willing to connect in that way. Right. And I think that those kind of friendships, I think if you if you could imagine if you could what if you could build a circle for yourself of of men in college who we're going to like get together on a weekly basis and just have real talk, you know, right? like real talk, like the good, the bad, the ugly. Right. And knowing that it was safe, it was confidential. I think that would be so powerful. I think it, now it may, it may even serve you in a really good way yeah. to find four or five and whether you meet once a week or every two weeks. Right. But it's like a, a regular ongoing space of men who can handle having real intimate connection that's about building brotherhood, you know? Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's the dream. I mean, even, yeah, even if that's not what I end up doing in college, like that's, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I'm uncertain about my, my future for sure, but I know that, you know, 10 years from now, I want to lead a group of youth and, and have conversations like that, whether I be in a classroom and I'm a teacher and leading discussion or, or, just leading real circles, whatever. But yeah. yeah, I think that's definitely my lane. That's definitely my direction. I think it's really powerful. Well, you know, maybe cool. we should we should keep talking about this, and maybe in the summer when you're when you're back, we uh, it, you know we have our social emotional leadership academy this summer. So maybe there's an opportunity for you to come in and uh, you know be a part of that experience. You know, that'd be um, awesome. But I would say, you know, even right now in the next semester, as you go back to school, maybe you just begin like, hmm, what if I was to propose this to a couple of people and see we could get together. Right. right. One, one hour, two hours a week, every other week and just like and test it out. Like, And if you need some support around that, you let me know and I'll, and I'll do my best to support you around that. Some some resources. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, man, Zev, look, is there anything else that you think we should, uh, any other topic you think we should like talk about in this conversation what do you want to talk about do you have anything else i'm i'm curious what you think about um what you were saying about toxic masculinity because that's a term i hear a lot and i agree that it's probably not used correctly or i don't know if it's Mm. not correctly but it's definitely not used i think how it's intended to be used because i i think yeah, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about the term for sure. So <laughs> I don't know. Well, I here here's my my context. Um, I don't use the term because what I have seen uh, is that there are many men who will disconnect from the conversation because they have taken offense to the phrase. Gotcha. When when they hear the term toxic masculinity, I've heard many men. He, what they hear is men are toxic uh-huh. as opposed to there are behaviors that men exhibit that create toxic environments and toxic situations. Right. But if you have, if you disconnect from the conversation, we can't get anywhere. So right. if that, if that phraseology 
causes people to disconnect, then I'm just going to not use that phrasing. Interesting. It's better for me just to say, hey, there's a hyper-masculine narrative of right. what it needs to be a man that's really hurting our boys and our men. Right. And so then wow. if, if, they get, if they get offended by the word hyper, then, hey, do you. Do you. But I think what I've learned is that people have taken that phrasing made it mean something else it's just like same thing people do with words right they play they play a game with words and so i've just using i've just chosen not to use it i don't right when people say it i say you know thank you and i, I want to just make sure i clarify that that's not the language i use but here's how i describe it because um that that's unfortunate now i don't if we look at the behaviors and we look at the the health we're talking about violence we're talking about uh-huh drug use we talk about suicide we talk about incarceration we talk about uh, extremism men lead those those factors yeah right now we don't have to call those toxic behaviors but we can say those are not healthy for our communities they create very unhealthy uh communities and so I am always about just let's get to the roots forget forget all the fancy words I don't need any fancy words to describe the behaviors that we're seeing that are that are unhealthy, right? And right. so I think that's what we try and talk about. So that's why I don't use it. I mean, I just it doesn't. I don't. I don't gain any you know brownie points from using a, a phrase or nothing or not. Yeah. I, my, my goal is to make it as simple as possible so that people can understand it. Right. And that's the that's for me. For interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, I think it's very much like a a buzzword, so to speak. I think. <laughs> I definitely think there's there's. I'm gonna you know. A, a form of right masculinity in quotation marks it's very like like you said like it's very hyper and it's and like i like like i was talking like the monster trucks and and you know hunting rifle for a graduation gift and stuff like that um that i see a lot of and i think like i don't think there's anything masculine about mistreating women um and being mean to people um and and being you know afraid of being vulnerable i think vulnerable is very masculine um Absolutely. And so, yeah, I don't, I, I agree. I don't think, I don't know if toxic is the right term. Cause it's definitely not toxic necessarily. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, I think it's unhealthy for sure. So, but that's yeah. cool. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to hear your perspective on that. No, I'm glad you did. And I think, and I really, I, I think that being vulnerable is very masculine. I think, to, I think it's also a way to say like what I see from a lot of men, they have a very confined type of masculinity. Yeah. And they're confined because they feel that to show that they're vulnerable makes them weak. Well, right. If if, if you're trying to make most masculinity, if you want it to be make you feel strong, shouldn't you be able to do anything you want? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Well, that's relative. Anything you want. I mean, more saying, shouldn't you be able to show your feelings and not worry about it? If but if right. you define it as certain things, then it's confined because I can't show feelings. I can't show sadness. I can't show fear. Well then you're, you're, you're limited to a list of things that you can show. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's true. I agree for sure. And I think that's part of our work. That's, yeah. that's part of our work. And it's part of our work is really having these healthy conversations and, and helping more young men will not wait till they're 30, 40, 50 to realize, Oh, I've been like, I've been constricted all this time. I've been constricted in my, ability to show my masculinity because I've been only operating based on two or three areas of my life. Yeah. That that's the part where we Yeah, we, and that's yeah. that's beautiful. I think it's really it's really, really, really valuable. It's really important, which is super cool. I well, love I think, it. And I, I think you it. and then you and you get to be a part of it. You get to be a young man who is saying, you know what? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be a person who is willing to be vulnerable, even though sometimes it's hard. 
and having a dance between like, okay, how do I how do I make a lot of friends and realizing that there's certain masks I wear here, and then I get to have a another group where I can go and take some of these layers of the mask off and right. know that that because everyone can't handle it, everyone's not ready for those conversations, right? And 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 frankly, it's not for me to try and help change you if exactly you know necessarily if you're not willing to be in a in a difficult conversation, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah, good stuff, dude. <laughs> well, man, look, I am so thankful that we got to have this conversation, dude. It's always a pleasure. It is very good to see you again. I see, I see you growing up, man. I see you maturing and growing it's, up. So it's so weird. It's it's like, yeah, it's insane. It's I'm I'm gonna be done with college so soon. I'm terrified, but <laughs> <laughs> this is the time for excitement. It's like okay, yeah. now I get to go and live my life. Right. And so, and listen, I want to encourage you to know that so many people are feeling the same thing about their majors, their careers. So many people change their majors two and three times. Don't let it get to you. Like find the thing that makes you come alive and then go do that. Right. That's what Howard Thurman says. Don't ask what the world needs. Right. Ask what makes you come alive and go do that. Cause what the world needs is more people who have come alive. Right. it's going to, it's going to, it's going to call you. The thing that you're supposed to be doing is going to call you and you have to, and the courage to do it is going to be the hardest part. Uh-huh. Right. Because when teaching called me, I was like, heck no, teachers don't make no money. I want are you crazy? You like, go. you know what I'm saying? I'm going to be an engineer. I'm going to be, you know, and, uh, and I was looking for the, the dopamine hits of what it felt like when you tell people you're an engineer. Right. And even when I was like, like not want to do it anymore. So right. I encourage you to just keep looking, keep your eyes open and it's going to find you brother. Okay. I All will right. do. I'll keep it in mind. Well, Zeb, it's been a pleasure to have you folks. If you have not yet out there made a mask, you can make a mask at 100kmasks.com anonymously. You know, Zeb was willing to share his mask with us as well as me here, but you can do it anonymously. And we invite you to do that. Join the other thousands of people who have made their masks already. And um, you get one step closer to this million mask movement. So, Zev, thanks for being on the show today. My pleasure, Shanti. Thank you for having me. Right on, brother. Well, enjoy the rest of your holiday break. I hope you rest, sleep, and you rejuvenate <laughs> and have a whole lot of uh, family time. For sure, man. Yeah, All enjoy. Right. Uh, I'll see you soon. See you soon. Take care, everybody. Taking Off The Mask podcast is produced by Ryan Louie. Editing, videography is also by Ryan Louie. Graphics by Kelly Wong. And a special thanks to the team at Ever Forward, Vanessa Cortez and Kevin Romero. And I'd like to thank everyone who's been a part of the creation of this podcast as we hit this one-year anniversary. We hope that everyone who's been a part knows that they're a part of the Taking Off The Mask experience. And we look forward to you being a part of it as well. If you liked what you heard today, please like, subscribe, and share. And we look forward to us continuing to offer conversations that matter. Take care. See you soon.